Welcome to the For the Church podcast, another great gospel-centered resource from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. My name is Jared Wilson. I teach pastoral ministry at Midwestern and writing and a few other things. And I'm here, as always, with my friend, my colleague, Ronnie Kurtz. He's assistant director of marketing at Midwestern, managing editor of For the Church, and a pastor as well at Emmaus Church here in Kansas City. How you doing, brother? Doing well. How are you, Jared? I'm doing all right. You're surviving? I'm surviving. I got to say, it is so good to be back in the studio with you in person. I know. The last few we've done via Skype, and it's just not the same, is it? No. Trying to talk. I don't know. Do you have Zoom fatigue? (laughs) So much. It it was weird. Like, before all this stuff happened, um, Zoom was kind of a novelty. It's like, we're going to meet on Zoom. It's like, oh, okay. All right. You know, I can do that. And it feels like Star Trek-y or something. (laughs) Now that's the only way you meet. That's right. And I just want to throw my computer out the window. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. I don't know. There's something psychologically uh, demoralizing or something in it. I just love how universal all of the Zoom failures have become. Like, yeah, assuming everyone's going to start talking before they unmute themselves <laughs> and those kinds of things. Yeah, people walking by in the background. That's right. Yes. Yeah. 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 But you know, I, I've I've heard of like the horror stories of someone like in the bathroom oh, or I whatever. Those it. Did you? I experienced it. No, you it. didn't. Yeah. Somebody was in the bathroom? No one was in the bathroom. Okay. But uh, we were in a, a larger meeting and a spouse came in. Okay. Not totally it put clothed. together yet. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Man, you, you would think you'd give a heads up. Hey, I'm think. on Zoom. <laughs> so maybe tonight's not the night to be walking in, around in your chones. That's right. Right? I don't know if you know what chones are, but anyway. We'll let it slide. Okay. Well, <laughs> I actually, I think it maybe just be slang. That's what I I grew up in the Rio Grande Valley in Texas, and we called underwear chones. Yeah, we didn't. So okay, they would just say you know you got your chones, got some clean chones on. So it may be vulgar. Maybe I shouldn't be saying it. I don't think it is because my dad is bilingual, and they wouldn't have been using a vulgar word with me. Yeah. So, yeah. but you learn something every day. Here don't we go. don't ever say the For the Church podcast is not educational. That's right. You're you're hearing about chones. <laughs> I don't even know how it's spelled. I. Uh, in, in any event, speaking of education, oh, wow! Do you love what that segue? segue, Jared? I had it down as a note that we could talk. That I've got a rant. Remember, because we haven't done some beefs, Jared's oh, yeah, beefs you in a while. Haven't. But I'm going to skip that. Okay. I'll save that for a future episode um, because I just love the transition from that was so good. This is such an educational podcast to the subject at Man. hand, which is essentially advice for incoming seminary Bible college students. Right? So yeah, you're about to be a freshman. Uh, at Bible college, or you're about to start your first semester getting your master's degree, your MDiv at a seminary. Um, I'm sitting here with a uh, a seminary grad and a current doctoral student, um, and we both work at a seminary. We we interact with seminary students all the time. We just we are swimming in the aquarium of, <laughs> of seminary <laughs> students working here at Midwestern, and we've got some advice. That's right. We've got some insights, some things that if you're coming in. That uh, we hope maybe that you would take to heart. Yeah. Right. Uh, maybe a couple recommendations. Ronnie, what would you say? Someone sits down over coffee. What do I need to know? What yeah. should I? What should I do? Man, there's there's so much. And yeah. I would I would just start by saying that um, seminary was a great season of life for me, and I feel like you hear so many so many guys say something else. You know, or they got burnt out, or yeah. their relationship with Jesus got stale or cold or something like that, and that just that wasn't my story, nor was it the story of almost any of my friends. It was a remarkably sweet time in my marriage and my my love of Jesus um, and my relationships with the local churches that, I'm, that I was part of. 
it was just sweet time. And so just if you're hearing this and you're about to start an educational journey, um, know that the Lord can use it to shape you greatly. Mm. And some of the things that, that I learned quickly that were helpful that I think are, are good pieces of advice is, is one, um, to, to know how to say a really important sentence in seminary, and that sentence is this, I don't know. <laughs> That's rare, you say. You, you yes. Think. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what happens in seminary and Bible colleges all the time is you'll have groups of friends hanging out and they're talking about, you know, this theological idea or this particular theologian. And, you know, you'll have one, one inevitably, there's someone in the group who doesn't know what you're talking about. And often what that person decides to do is just kind of nod along and, you know, play, play with the banter. But uh, if you have the courage to say, hey, actually, I don't know that theologian, the one that you guys all obviously know and have read all of their books. I, I don't know who that is. Why should I know them? Uh, that kind of question will actually help you learn as yeah. opposed to acting like you already know and never learning. And so just being quick to say, I don't know, went a long way um, for me and for, for a lot of my friends. Uh, another thing that I would say is <clears throat> uh, just simply find a church to be serving um, this is advice you're probably going to hear from most people coming out of seminary or some educational season, uh, but finding a church is vital. And it would be a shame for men and women who are pursuing educational ventures in hopes to lead God's people, to not be amongst God's people as they learn. And so um, I would advise you to get as involved in a local church while you're in seminary or, or Bible college or what have you and press into those people. And if, um, if, if your education stays ethereal to you and doesn't start mattering for folks who have real hurts and real victories and, and first and last names, then uh, you, you might have wasted a, quite a bit of time. And so yeah. uh, I think that's a, that's a really important move. That was my first note as well is I think membership in a local church. Um, I, I think the rationale is, especially for those who travel in, you know, I've moved, it's like I'm only going to be there three years or, yeah. four, or, or whatever it is. And they may attend a church, of course, but to not invest and not actually become a member of, of a local body. Um, and I just think it's vitally important. Yeah. And even for some of the relational health, emotional health of your family, um, that, you know, that it, 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 it works against isolation. Yep. And as you mentioned, even just, you know, kind of the, you know, the intellectual headspace or, or isolation, you know, or insular um, you know, quality that, you know, can take place as well. I think I go a step further even to say whether, you know, as you're serving there, because I think you should serve there as well, um, and regardless whether you're teaching or you're, you know, setting up chairs or whatever you're doing, that work is 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 humbling you and, and refining you in really helpful ways, perhaps as importantly as all of the theological heavy lifting mm-hmm. that you're doing through your education you're being shaped as a person, as a whole person. But I'd also say whether you're, um, even if you're not teaching per se, right? Because I think every seminary student who joins a local church is thinking, I'm going to be teaching the, you know, the theology class or the whatever class. You may not begin there, but begin kind of doing the heavy lifting of learning how to translate what you're learning yeah. to the flock. It's just good training, even if it's just mental um, you, you know, training or imaginary training um, for your future. You know, if you're going into ministry, that you're able to kind of put the cookies on on a shelf that people can reach, right. um, because something that can happen in the seminary world or Bible college world is you're you're in that bubble and that's your cult and 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 that's great. 
Um, but you sometimes can lose touch or lose the touch of being able to translate mm-hmm. theological concepts, doctrinal riches, at you know, to levels that that don't compromise the message or the meaning, but that the average you know sheep can understand. And I would say begin doing that work even as you're in seminary, like yeah. whether that's through blogging or writing Bible studies or you know teaching a class or not. Just begin, you know, trying to think how do I, you know, articulate this, preach this to a congregation. Those are really helpful exercises, oh, yes. and it's going to be extra work to do that. But I just think you'll be better served in the long run if you begin. Um, if you don't begin in that, you know, you know, one year into your pastorate in that meeting where someone said, "Pastor, we have no idea what you're talking about." <laughs> <laughs> begin now, trying to figure yeah. out how do I, how, you know, how would I communicate this to my aunt? That's right, or something like that. It's just some helpful kind of mental exercises. What else would you say is? Yeah, I think that, that that's huge. Um, and you kind of mentioned in passing loving your family. Obviously, that that's that's vital. If you graduate with A's and you haven't been taking care of your, you know, your wife and children or husband and children, um, that that's never going to go well. So, yeah. love finding the rhythms of loving your family well while also being a good, diligent student is. Yeah, if you have to get a B, that's right. To be able to love your wife well, get the B. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And out two more things that I would say that were that were really important for me and mattered a lot, even you know being done with my my the graduate portion of my seminary experience and and rounding third on the, the doctoral experience here is is friends mm-hmm. um, in in both Bible college and seminary, my friends were really important, and so I would really encourage folks to work hard at cultivating friendships while they're in school. Uh, this is kind of transparent, even a little bit of em- embarrassing, but I remember being an undergraduate, first time not living with my you know parents. I'm 18, just graduated high school, and I I went to a, a Christian school for biblical studies, and and I remember just kind of sitting there praying, God, would you send me friends? And um, he answered that prayer and uh, in abundance. He sent me some dear brothers who became lifelong friends who I, I cherish their what they say and their input in my life. And um, so I just prayed. And that, that might be a simple, practical step for you. If you're moving to a new city, people you don't know, just pray that the Lord would send you friends. And and then as he does, work really hard at cultivating those relationships. And then in seminary, uh, those friends kind of came a little more naturally with um, just the local church I was a part of. Um, but those friendships are obviously the what you learn in seminary is vital and it's so helpful and it will matter for your ministry. But I'm telling you, as important are the friendships that I made, um, talking about the things that I heard in class in the hallways and yeah. hanging out with one another, dissecting what does this actually mean for the local church? And those kinds of relationships were super, super helpful to me. Yeah, I think, you know, you're touching on here, this is kind of a side note, the value of residential um, education. Without a doubt, yeah. Um, and certainly we have a lot of online students, and it's a huge blessing that we're able to resource people that way wherever they are without leaving their context and that kind of thing. But the, um, you know, being a part of a community, a fraternity, yes. Um, as you go through these things together, I, I, I have seen um, among those who've had that experience just how important and seminal it was in, in their own life, yep. the way they look back to, and, and brothers forged in this, you without know, a doubt. without a doubt, in this, you know, furnace that, that they um, are still close with, yeah. you know, guys my age who, you know, were in seminary, tw- you know, 15, 20 years ago. 
Um, I didn't have that experience. So I'm kind of on a learning curve, right? Um, I got my undergrad and then I went right into ministry um, without a seminary education. And it, and it wasn't for a lack of desire. Um, you know, I didn't, you know, think there was anything wrong with it or anything and, and in many ways aspired to it. But didn't get a seminary education until I came to work at the seminary. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so um, got my master's degree. Now working on a, a, a doctor of ministry degree. Um, so I, you know, I didn't have that residential experience. I didn't have it in college either, though. I was married, uh, you know, one year into into going to community college. So then, mm-hmm. when I started going to a state university, I was living with my wife, and so mm-hmm. I, I never had that. Um, I don't think I missed out on too much. I would, I you know, much prefer to have you know, been living with my wife than with, you know, a roomie in a dorm or something. But um, it's something that I kind of like, I look upon kind of slightly envious or just fondly of like, oh, how cool would it have been to go through with Mm -hmm. a band of brothers? Um, So don't neglect that. I think that can be helpful as well to, um, you know, fighting against a sense of isolation or even just there's, you know, there's a reason God made the church because we're not meant to go it alone. Mm-hmm. And I think a corollary to that, obviously seminary and, and Bible college are not the church, but there's something about being in it together, being in the foxhole together yeah. that works against um, yeah, em- emotional starvation right. and, 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 and I think even spiritual dryness to have brothers and sisters who are sharpening you, pouring into you, laughing with you, yes, you know, going out you know, for custard with you or whatever it is um, that you're going to church with even, but just folks around, um, you know, the institution in the environment. And and on that note, I think I would, um, you know, make it a point to say to keep a close watch on your life, not just your doctrine That's right. here. Um, don't neglect your spirituality. It it will profit you nothing to come out with, you know, you know 4.0 and your degree in hand if you haven't been daily walking with Christ. Mm-hmm. In fact, that is more important than w- what grade you got mm-hmm. is are you are you stewarding what you're learning towards your affections for Christ or is it just, you know, your head knowledge now you want to be able to get, you know, the you know the high marks and and that sort of thing is it is it just kind of a, you know, pride of place sort of thing or are you using it sort of yes. you know channeling it towards loving Jesus more? Mm-hmm. And being more in awe of what he has done for you. Don't neglect your daily spirituality. It's something yeah. that I press in my pastoral ministry class. Like all this is wasted. You know, you can get A in all the quizzes and and in your book reviews and everything else. But if if you're not figuring out how to love Jesus and love people, you've essentially failed, mm-hmm. right? You may you know pass the class, but you've have failed if this is just up in your head. Yeah. And on that note, um, one means of encouragement, kind of reprimand that I sometimes give in the classroom, um, and I'm starting to do it more early, so it doesn't sound too much like you you guys are slacking off. Um, but look at, especially if you're planning like this is being this is preparation for ministry. I'm you know I, I want to be in vocational ministry. I want to pastor a church or be on the mission field or something. Look at what you're doing now as a means of loving your church, right. right? So if if you're lazy. If you're not getting your work done, if you're being really lackadaisical about your studies, you're setting the the pattern or tone for how you're going to pastor. And in the same way, we sometimes say to young people, you know, um, you know, treat yourself or um, you know, conduct yourself in such a way that you're loving your future spouse. Mm-hmm. Right? Not everyone's going to get married, but those who aspire to marriage, we say. This is a gift to your future spouse to pursue holiness now. You're not you may not be married for six, ten years, or whatever, 
but pursue holiness now as a means of loving your future spouse. Begin praying for them now. Mm-hmm. We say all those sorts of things. I would say the same to you know to seminary students is yeah. as you you know are conducting your studies year one. Begin thinking I, I'm I'm loving my future church yeah. by pouring my heart and soul into this by being diligent by paying attention by getting good rest so that when I show up at eight a.m. I'm not falling asleep during things I might you know mm-hmm. that might be really helpful to me. Yeah. Um, I'm not turning in things late. I'm not making excuses. You can't say on Sunday morning, church, hey, I, I'm really sorry. I don't have a sermon <laughs> to you. You know what I mean? Like the demands of ministry week in and week out yeah. um, are not catering to excuses. They're not catering to, you know, the the, uh, the pace that you want to set. <laughs> That's right. So begin, you know, developing those disciplines, those rhythms now and you'll be really well prepared. Oh yeah, um, you know, yeah, four years, so you know, three, four years into, in into the work. Anything yeah. else that you would yeah, add? Yeah, something or? that you touched on that I think is super important, Jared, is you often hear folks talk about when 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 people are considering an educational venture in theology or ministry or something like this. You know, missions. You'll hear you'll hear people start to dichotomize the the life of the mind and the life of the heart and. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, I know that you're going to be studying a lot so that you can gain intellectual knowledge, but make sure you also do devotional work. And one of the things that I I tell everyone who I get a chance to tell as they come in is just be on the team of killing that false dichotomy because <laughs> it is it is remarkably false. And 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 if you can actually get rid of that dichotomy early, you will be served really really well. And so there, there are two small works we've even uh, mentioned one just before we turned the. The, the podcast on, I couldn't even think of the name of it, but Thelica's uh, <laughs> little book, and ex, uh, a little exercise for young theologians. And then Warfield has a book called uh, The Religious Life of Theological Students. They're both very, very short um, and could be really helpful to, to an incoming student. And Warfield, I actually, I actually wrote down two of his quotes here I wanted to read um, just because they were both really helpful to me. This is, this is Warfield. He, he says this, a minister must be learned on pain of being utterly incompetent for his work. So mm-hmm. make sure you're learned. <laughs> <laughs> but before and above being learned, a minister must be godly. Nothing could be more fatal, however, than to set these two things over against one another. Sometimes we hear it said that 10 minutes on your knees will give you a truer, deeper, more operative knowledge of God than 10 hours over your books. What is the appropriate response? Then how about 10 hours over your books on your knees? <laughs> Why should you turn from God when you turn to your books? Or feel that you must turn from your books in order to turn from God. Turn to God. If learning and devotion are as antagonistic as that, then the intellectual life is itself accursed. And there can be no question of a religious life for a student, even a student of theology. Wow. <laughs> I love that quote. I love That's his, his uh, you know, we hear it said that 10 minutes on your knees is better than 10 hours over the books. Then why yeah. not 10 hours on your knees over the books? <laughs> right. uh, that, is, that is right. Um, yeah. The, 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 the life of prayer and the life of the mind, the life of devotion and the life of the intellect do not have to be on separate courses. And then he has this one too. He says, if you learn a Hebrew word, let it not be a philo- philological interest absorb your attention. Remember that it is a word which occurs in God's holy book. Recall the passages in which it stands. Remind yourselves what great religious truth it has been given to have a part in recording for the saving health of men. Every biblical text whose meaning you investigate, treat as a biblical text, a part of God's holy word before which you stand in awe. It is wonderful how even the strictest grammatical study can be informed with reverence. 
and the doctrines, need I beg you to consider these doctrines not so many as propositions to be analyzed by your logical understanding, but as a rather so many precious truths revealing to you your God and your God's modes of dealing with sinful men. Treat, I beg you, the whole work of the seminary as a unique opportunity offered, offered you to learn about God, or rather to put it at the height of its significance, to learn God himself, to come to know him, whom to know is life everlasting. Mm. If the work of the seminary shall be so prosecuted, it will prove itself to be the chief means of grace in all of your lives. He said that at the beginning of one of his years at, at, at the Princeton Seminary. And I just found both of those little encouragements to be so helpful of. Um, one of the things I asked myself often throughout my master's degree and now my PhD is, do my studies help me treasure Jesus? Yeah. The answer should be yes. And if the answer is no to that question, there's likely something you can alter to make that answer yes. Are your studies helping you treasure Jesus and treasure his people as well? Um, that's a good kind of self-analyzing question. Yeah, you know, the cliche joke about seminary in the church world is, you know, is to refer to it as cemetery. I mm -hmm. went to cemetery. And, you know, I, I think that is a huge misnomer, but there's a reason that kind of came about. There's a reason why that is, you know, the idea that, to you know, you go to seminary to learn yeah. theological things and, and, and shore up your intellect, and it kills your spiritual fervor. Mm. And so I think, you know, even though that tide has changed, whether it was ever really true, um, you know, I don't think that's the case now. I don't think, you know, seminary is organized or designed to do that. Um, but it, it still behooves every student to, to be on guard yes, of, of, about that, mm -hmm. um, to make his study adorational, mm -hmm. that you're making your theological study a devotional um, pursuit. And that is, again, part of training for the pastorate, because once you're in ministry, you're going to be in some really dry seasons. It, it, you know, especially, you know, I'm picturing the, you know, the first year pastor, right, who's not at, at his ideal church. He's at the church that hired him, yeah. basically. <laughs> I mean, maybe some guys are, you know, a lot of guys may be going home to the places where they grew up and the church is just waiting for them to come back. And yeah, but a lot of guys, they're going out and they're taking, you know, little churches, mid-sized churches and. It's, you know, they've got stars in their eyes about what it's supposed to be, and then you just see the grueling work of ministry, and there's joy in there as well. But if your way of study has been divorced for the last three or four years from adoration of God and, mm -hmm. and savoring Christ, you're going to find yourself week in and week out in the pastorate struggling to prepare a sermon, mm -hmm. to disciple people, to help people because you've got this weird, you know, bifurcated idea in, in, in your brain about how theology doesn't touch your devotional life. Mm -hmm. um, see it all as devotion. That's see right. it all as theological and see it all as devotion as well. And if you start doing that now, you'll be prepared for those, man, I'm in year four. Yeah. And it, man, it's like walking through mud yep. up to my neck, you know, trying to sprint. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the, the, the weight of it is is dragging me down. Well, if you've been training not yeah. just your brain but your heart, that's right. Um, I think you'll you'll be able to move a lot more quickly. Um, you know, through that experience. Anything else you'd like to say about? No, I think I think that's good. Um, a, a small reminder that's that's not as you know big of a point here, but 
uh, I was I literally thought of this as you were talking. And Jared, I actually use the pastor's justification uh, <laughs> as an example for folks as they come into seminary. Uh, you have a section in there on kind of killing killing your your the comparison game, killing the wish dream. Yeah, I think you say something like. Uh, Take it and take it behind the shed and blow its brains out or something. <laughs> that was uh, in my younger days. Yeah. I, I, was, I was more brass to write something like that. Uh, but man, so many young guys need to hear that, especially if they're going to do residential yeah. on campus kind of seminary education, because the, uh, the the temptation to compare yourself to your brother is uh, yeah. real strong in seminary. Mm-hmm. And uh, killing that early will just give you so much freedom. And so yeah. I'll, I would even end on that word from, you know, advice from me is just, Hey, you're going to have brothers who are smarter than you and brothers who are not as smart as you and sisters who are smarter than you and sisters who are not as smart as you. And guess what? That's okay. That's good. And um, just just helping yourself kill the comparison game will help you and those brothers and sisters around you uh, all march towards faithfulness much, much better. Yeah. I think the through line through what we both said um, is essentially that this experience, your educational experience, should be as much about training your heart and 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 your soul as as your mind, so that you come out a um, a close follower mm-hmm. of Jesus. That's right. right, and not just a smart guy or smart girl. <laughs> That's great. Hey, thank you, dear listener, for listening to this episode of the podcast. As always, if you enjoy it, please share us with your friends. Share the link we post on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, it'd be great if you wanted to share that with. Some incoming seminary students. Yeah. You, 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 there's kids in your church or in your family or those in your friend group that you know are going off. Maybe share this episode with them, um, and it could be really helpful to them. Give us a good review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. And as always, may Jesus be big in your church. You've been listening to the For the Church podcast, hosted by Jared Wilson, found online at ftc.co. This resource is brought to you by Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City, Missouri, where we train leaders for the church.